Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Site analysis in progress for Puerto Rico nuclear plant. Game-changing Caribbean insurance sale concluded. Grenada's national insurance scheme collection fell short. Attorney General fights discrimination against residents of Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories. Anguilla starts work on $4 million passenger terminal and plans for Antigua's Sailing Week 2020 gather pace. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, September 9th. We start a report today in Puerto Rico. World Nuclear News reports that consideration of small modular reactors for the Caribbean island of Puerto Rico is advancing to the second stage. Having concluded such a deployment was feasible, the nuclear alternative project is now looking at siting requirements. Speaking at World Nuclear Association's annual symposium yesterday, Eddie Guerra of the Nuclear Alternative Project said the results of a study recently underway will help to move the discussion of how the sites will fit and how they will align with the mini-grids already planned. It follows a conclusion made by the Nuclear Alternative Project study last year that small modular reactors are feasible in Puerto Ricans' context. The assessment was made according to the International Atomic Energy Agency criteria. Key to the analysis is Puerto Rico's energy strategy, which is to rebuild from the damage of 2017's Hurricane Maria in a more resilient way by creating a web of microgrids. Some 3,000 megawatts of the island's 3,247 megawatts of operable power units will be replaced by 2025, with solar expected to take an ever-increasing share of generation. Despite being relatively small and separate from the continental United States, Puerto Rico has a GDP of $104 billion, which is higher than several states, including Hawaii, New Hampshire, and Idaho. Almost half of this comes from manufacturing, but energy prices remain high, around 19 cents per kilowatt, whereas the price in most U.S. states is in the range of 9 to 11 cents per kilowatt, According to figures presented by Guerra, last year's feasibility study identified main demand centers, manufacturing hubs, and potential partners, Guerra said, adding that this information feeds into the ongoing site analysis, along with geological information and other kinds of existing infrastructure. Applying the requirements of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the Nuclear Alternative Project, has so far identified two potential sites. One lies on the island's north coast, near the industrial hub, and the other on the east coast, at the former Roosevelt Roads Naval Station. Guerra said the ongoing study aims to develop a list of suitable sites with ranking and plant parameters for Puerto Rico. Guerra noted that the Nuclear Alternative Project team has been contacted by other small and island nations keen to share information about the potential use of small modular reactors with Singapore, Cyprus, Tasmania in Australia, Bahrain and Indonesia 
facing similar challenges to Puerto Rico. Barbados Today reports that the Trinidad and Tobago-based conglomerate Massey Holdings Limited has agreed to sell Massey United Insurance Limited to the Bermuda-based Coralese Group Limited for 90.5 million U.S. dollars. The transaction, which is subject to regulatory approval in the relevant jurisdictions, is expected to close as soon as requisite approvals are obtained. Massey United Insurance was acquired as a part of Massey's group acquisitions of Barbados Shipping and Trading in 2008. Massey Holdings Limited, through the subsidiary Massey Limited in Barbados, currently owns 100% of the share capital of Massey United Insurance Limited. Coralie's group said in a notice that the acquisition of the insurance business will significantly expand its existing presence in the Caribbean islands and adding 14 new markets where United operates. These are Anguilla, Antigua and Barbuda, St. Kitts and Nevis, Montserrat, Dominica, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Grenada, Trinidad and Tobago, Guyana, Curacao, Aruba, Jamaica, and Belize. Coralie's Group and United have complementary operations in the Bahamas, Turk and Caicos, British Virgin Islands, Barbados, and the Cayman Islands, with minimal overlap in their product offerings. More specifically, the acquisition will add a complementary suite of property and casualty insurance products to enhance Coralie's Group Core Life, Health, and Property and Casualty Products. The Chief Executive Officer Naz Farrow described the acquisition as a game changer for the company. We are very excited to join the people of United Insurance in this new venture to provide customers with a full range of solutions. Both companies are financially strong with CG and United carrying AM Best ratings of A and A minus respectively. Further, a CG United presence in 20 Caribbean markets with complementary lines of business is expected to diversify its risk portfolio. Grenada now reports the national insurance scheme equivalent to what is referred to in other countries as Social Security. Collection for 2020 was 20.6 million short of what was required to fund benefit expenditures and fell short of the rate from April to July, but its reserves grew by 25.6 million. The reserve grew by 25.6 million from 962.8 million to 988.3 million as of December 31st, 2020, said Christopher Husbands in the chairman's report for the 2020 annual report, which was recently tabled in the lower house of parliament in Grenada. Husband wrote that administrative and benefit expenditures exceeded contribution income by 30.6 million, consistent with the projections in the 11th and 12th actuarial reviews. The board's investment income total 58.2 million. The chairman's report explained that the pay-as-you-go rate as of December 31, 2020 was 14.1%. This was 3.1% above the stipulated 11% contribution rate. 
The report further explained that during fiscal year 2020, the NIS collected $85.6 million in contribution incomes, with the government of Grenada contributing $25.9 million on behalf of its employees. The $85.6 million in contribution income was $20.6 million short of what was required to fund benefit expenditures and fell well short of the rate from April to July. New York Attorney General Letitia James joined a coalition of 18 attorneys general in urging the U.S. Supreme Court to reject the exclusion of Americans living in Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories from nationwide federal aid programs. In a brief file in the United States versus Vallejo Madero, a case concerning whether it is constitutional to deny supplemental security income SSI benefits to residents of Puerto Rico, the attorneys general urged the Supreme Court to carefully scrutinize Congress's reasoning for discriminating against the territories. The coalition argues that Congress must have more than a good reason to discriminate and that a similar standard should apply to the treatment of the territories. The brief also highlights the racist roots of discrimination against residents of U.S. territories and points out that by excluding territories from certain nationwide aid programs like SSI, Congress withholds assistance from areas in which it is arguably most needed. Puerto Ricans are Americans too, full stop, said Attorney General James. Denying aid to Puerto Ricans and other Americans is inhumane, illegal, and perpetuates racist policies. We must do all that we can to help all Americans, especially those who need it most. Congress enacted the SSI program to provide low-income Americans who are elderly, blind, or disabled with monthly financial assistance. However, only residents of 50 states, the District of Columbia, and the Commonwealth of Northern Mariana Islands are eligible for this program under federal law. Americans living in Puerto Rico, Guam, and the U.S. Virgin Islands and American Samoa are not eligible for this assistance. In their amicus briefing, the attorney generals urged the Supreme Court to treat discrimination against U.S. territories by Congress with suspicion. Four areas addressed are Congress should have more than a good reason to treat one region of the country differently than others. The differential treatment of U.S. territories is rooted in racism. Excluding territories from anti-poverty programs harms some of the neediest Americans, and Congress irrationally includes some territories in benefit programs and excludes others. Joining Attorney General James in the filings, of the amicus brief are the attorneys general of Connecticut, Delaware, the District of Columbia, Guam, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, the Northern Mariana Islands, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Virginia. Anguilla has started work on a $4 million passenger terminal. The public sector project under the Anguilla program financed by the UK government is now under construction. It is the seaport passenger terminal at Blowing Point, 
which will replace the previous building severely destroyed by Hurricane Irma in September 2017. It is said that the new building, designed by Anguillian architect Mr. Rule Vanterpool, will be a masterpiece at the island seaport linking Anguilla to St. Martin and the rest of the world. The new passenger terminal is being built at about the same location as the former building. It will, however, take a wider area of land, including the site of the building which formerly accommodated customs and the police. The contractor, Mr. Leroy Gums, president and proprietor of Leeward Construction Company, which has gained much popularity on the island, having constructed and delivered a variety of classy high-end projects over the years. Mr. Gum said the passenger terminal will be almost 1,600 square feet and will comprise of one and a quarter stories. The construction price is over four million U.S. dollars, but with furnishings and other equipment, it could be over six million U.S. dollars. The project officially kicked off in August, and they have about 14 months up to September of 2021 to complete the project. Antigua Observer reports that Sailing Week President Allison Sly Adams says plans are coming along nicely with a number of participants already confirmed. The decades-old event that is held annually in April has become a staple on the island's social and sporting calendars. It had to be canceled both this year and back in 2020 due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've really got interest coming in from overseas. We've got 41 boats already and we're still getting more inquiries. So there's definitely a huge interest in having the event happen. Over the years, Sailing Week's signature social event, Reggae in the Park, has been highly anticipated by socialites and sailing aficionados alike. What's really major is the boats coming here and racing. So I think you sensibly at this point would plan not to host big social events because it's better to host a safe racing event than create additional super spreader events. We are also looking at the option of making it a vaccinated only event at this point because we believe that will be the only safe way to move forward, Sly Adams explained. She said the focus now will be on ensuring the racing component of Sailing Week is top-notch, as that's where the money, approximately 6 million EC, comes each year. The week-long regatta, which will feature five days of high-energy racing, marks Sailing Week's 53rd edition. Sailors can take advantage of special early bird rates by signing up before September 30th. The event is scheduled to sail off on April 30th of 2021. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, September 9th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.